Welcome to Making Fit Work. I'm your host, Nina McGough, certified personal trainer and nutrition coach and busy mom of two. I'm committed to helping you get real results by sharing best practices and life hacks to staying consistent. I also regularly interview other busy professionals who have mastered the ability to juggle it all while staying the course with their health and fitness. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Making Fit Work. I am your host, Nina McGough, and I am here today with a very special guest, Vanessa Thornton. Vanessa, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Nina. I'm excited. Absolutely. Vanessa is a registered dietitian, board-certified specialist in pediatrics, and owner of South End Family Nutrition. She has been helping families find healthy, happy relationships with food for 10-plus years using a holistic, whole-family approach to feeding kids. I love that. She is also the nutrition expert for Tiny Hood, which is an online parenting platform with on-demand classes. Vanessa lives in Boston South End with her husband, five-year-old daughter, and two-and-a-half-year-old son. Yay! Yay! I actually worked for the South End for a very long time. Did you? At my very first uh, full-time fitness center where I worked full-time. Um, oh, my God. I just had a brain fart. Uh, Revolution Fitness. Were you there? Oh, Was yes. It- yeah, a long yeah. time ago. Oh my gosh! It's right yeah. underneath, like Club Cafe. Yes, yes. I think it's changed names now. It's like oh, a correct. Reebok something. I don't yeah. know, but yes, still there. Towards <laughs> the CrossFit. But anyway, thank you so much for being here with me today. I really wanted to talk about how to address healthy diets with children. Right? How parents and guardians can, and I kind of am hoping that we can hit on two different angles. So one, how to talk about it with children who are asking about it for themselves or maybe starting to, you know, be aware of their bodies and make comments. And then also from a parenting perspective, how do we talk about it in front of kids if we are dealing with some health issues and looking to change our habits Um, Does that sound good to you? That sounds great. And I'm so glad that you want to talk about both of those things or any of these things at all, because, you know, the rates of childhood obesity, eating disorders and body dysmorphia are all on the rise in this country. Uh So clearly we are doing something wrong. And I think a lot of people focus a lot on healthy food and what to eat, but we're, we're missing the bigger picture here. So I think it's an important conversation. Yeah. And I actually would love to hear your perspective on that. Like, what is the bigger picture, right? Like um, kind of filling in. And one of the reasons this came up for as a topic is, you know, I work with so many women. The majority of my clients are women who are moms of anywhere from grade school to college age kids now. Mm. So whether it's starting to come up for them now and they're addressing it or they have addressed it, don't know if they addressed it the right way. And, you know, it was coming up in conversation a lot. And I'm like, man, I can really only share how I talk about nutrition with my kids. But I can't say that that's necessarily the right way. It's just what feels right to us in our household. So I really wanted to have um, someone with your type of background who can help educate us on how we should we be doing it? Are we doing it right? And how can we change the conversation? But before we get into those specific questions, Vanessa, tell us a little bit about you. Why did you specifically pick pediatrics when 
studying to become a dietitian? Great question. Well, so my history with food and my relationship with my body is a complicated one, but unfortunately not an uncommon one. Um, so, you know, during grade school and up through high school, I was overweight. I had pretty low self-esteem. I wasn't comfortable playing sports because I didn't really want to be like out there um, mm. amongst my peers. And then in college, I discovered healthy eating. I discovered working out and I loved it, but I kind of swung the other way and took it too far um, and just became really like rigid about my ideas about what were what was healthy to eat and how often I should be working out. I would get upset if I missed a workout, all of that kind of stuff that a lot of us have been through as women yeah. in this country. Um, so then I, I actually got injured. I got two stress fractures in my pelvis when I was training oh, wow. for a marathon. It was awful. <laughs> but it really made me realize how that was impacting my health, that like going too far the other direction was just as unhealthy as not doing anything at all. So I became really interested in like the middle ground, like how do I find that happy medium where I am working out, where I'm eating healthy, but I don't feel like it's a full-time job. Um, So that's when I decided to go back to school and get a master's in nutrition, which is kind of an extreme response to that, I guess, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, But I landed up uh, or I landed at um, Boston University. So I got my master's in nutrition. I did a dietetic internship and then I fell right into pediatrics because I just felt like, you know, the environment and the culture that I grew up in had such a big impact on me as an individual and my relationship with food and body. And I really wanted to be able to influence that and change it for kids now. Yeah. So how did you feel like your childhood impacted Like, what is, I guess, your first thought or memory back to, like, when you started to be aware of your body and how it looked or how it felt? So I think more, it's interesting because I've thought a lot about that question. And I think what I remember most about childhood is hearing other people make observations about their bodies, whether it was a family member or friends or teachers in elementary school, like, those are the earliest memories I have of like, whoa, why are they feeling that way? And then it really wasn't until maybe high school that I started applying those thoughts and that way of thinking to myself. It's so interesting, right? It's just like such a reminder of like, even if we're not saying it to our children, they're hearing the way we're reflecting about our bodies. Um, So let's start to talk about that. Let's start to dial in. First, let's talk about that specifically. If you're a mom, a parent, guardian to, you know, children of any age, but you are someone who is looking to transform, eat healthier. Um, Maybe you are on a diet. Maybe you're doing something like a Weight Watchers. Maybe you're trying to lose weight or feel better or whatever journey that person is going on, what are some of the things that we should be aware of? Mm -hmm. How should we, should we bring it up and start a conversation? Like what's the best way in your opinion to like address a parent or a guardian's personal journey with their family? Good question. And this is a tough one. And I liked 
what you said earlier about like doing what feels right in your home and with your family, because nobody knows your kids and yourself better than you. So there is always like, you you have to apply this, but think about how it's going to work in your family. Mm -hmm. I find what's the most useful thing to do is if you are going to make a big change, whether that's diet or exercise routine or tracking your food intake, First, I think you need to be open and honest about it. So don't try to hide it from your kids or make them think that like this is just the norm now. Be open and honest about what you're trying to do. But then where a lot of parents, I think, get it wrong is that I want you to shift away from your goal being weight-based or looks-based or even like fitness-based and really think about your values. What are the values that you are aiming for? And if that means I just want to set a goal and stick with it and feel like I can accomplish something different, like I want to try something new, or if that's feeling better physically, if that's getting more sleep, if that's reducing your risk for chronic diseases, like think about things that you want your kids to see you as, and then talk about the goals that you're setting with respect to those values. Right. So really like, And I see this with clients all the time, right? Like weight loss is the goal that we say. We say weight loss is the goal, but really it's all of the things that like being overweight is making them feel, right? Like, so so I'm just using weight loss and being overweight as an example, but it's not necessarily like this weight, this is the one and only thing that bothering, bothering me. It's the fact that like maybe the weight is making them feel less energetic energetic or more insecure or tired or, you know, whatever. It's all of those things. Exactly. And it's interesting. I mean, they've done research that even people with severe obesity, if they lose even 10% of their body weight, they may still be in the severe obesity category, but the health outcomes for that are huge. And it goes to show you, it doesn't really matter what the number on the scale is. Um, And the same is true, you know, when people start out on a weight loss journey, Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes if you, they've measured, you know, their self-esteem and their appreciation for themselves. And it comes much earlier than the actual weight loss does because people Mm -hmm. feel good when they connect with something, when they feel that it's value driven and when they accomplish a goal. And that's really what we're working on here. So really trying to talk to about those things in front of your kids, like the bigger picture of why you're making some changes within your household. Definitely. Definitely. Are there any words that you would say, like, let's avoid using these words in particular in front of children? Yes. (laughs) Many. (laughs) No. Um, Here's the get out your notepads, people. Everyone write these down and then burn that list. Um. So I really encourage parents to avoid using words like good, bad, healthy, unhealthy, junk, even, um, you know, like empty calories, things like this. They're so Mm. black and white. And if we think back to even toddlerhood, toddlers are very black and white thinkers. And part of our job as parents is to kind of shake them out of that and make them see that everything is on a spectrum. But one area that we're horrible at doing that in is food because we are so worried for our kids that they won't like healthy food that everything becomes black and white again. 
juice ah. is unhealthy. Broccoli is healthy. And it's really hard to kind of shake people out of that system. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm guilty of using, I don't know that I say unhealthy, but I definitely say healthy. I try to stay away from negative words. I do. Yes. So I'm aware of that. But right now I'm like labeling things as like healthy. I'm sure my kids are then interpreting that as like, well, this is the good thing. And I'm doing yes. quotes or whatever for anybody who's not uh, watching this. But yeah, that's, I never, I never thought of that. Yeah. And again, I mean, I think avoiding the negative is a great first step. And it's okay mm-hmm. to teach your kids that some foods offer more for your body or do yeah. more for your body than others. So sometimes the word healthy probably slips into my vocabulary too, yeah. but not in a way that's comparing it to a different food, if that makes sense. Got it. Yep. And um, so, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. So, um, so yeah, using, avoiding using words like that. And then the other thing to avoid is when we're talking about our bodies, other people's bodies, our children's bodies, there's a lot of research out there about weight-based teasing and what that can actually do. So I've met with a lot of families who the parents might say something. Yeah. So the parents might say something to their kid like, oh, like you're just a little chunky or, you know, you know, and they'll even like tap their bellies sometimes and say, as they're talking to me and say, you know, he's just got a little gut that we want to work on. Things like that are actually teasing. I'm like cringing. I know. But you can imagine how, you know, some parents, I think, do that in order to try to keep it light or make their kids feel like it's okay. Exactly. Um, Unfortunately, the outcomes are not good. (laughs) Right. Funny example. Um, My kids are very you know, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to be weight-based teasing. I'm going to use quotes, but they're very skinny. They're very lean. Um, and so much of that, I really feel like is just, they take after my husband's body type, right? They're tall, they're leaner. And for years, when my oldest was a toddler, I would always say things like, we don't use words. We don't talk about people's bodies. Like we don't use words like skinny and fat. Like those are not nice words. We don't like use them to describe people's bodies. And, um, he was like five, I think. And he was at the beach with his little cousin and he, they were building like volcanoes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she said to him, like, your volcano is like fat or something like that. Because he was building a thick one and she was building like a smaller one. And he was like, that's not nice to say. <laughs> but well, he's a good my- listener. <laughs> but it was so funny because she came running over to her mom and she was like super confused, right? She was like, uh said that like his volcano was fat and he said that was not nice for me to say looking at her mom like what did I do you know I was like oh he's taking what I said so literally um but I have said and I've noticed you know my son is 10 now my oldest but I have called him I did this once and he immediately put me in my place I called him a skinny mini Mm mm-hmm and he did not like it. He was like, yeah. wow, I am not skinny. He's like, that's not nice. And I was just like, I felt so awful because I was like, you're right. It's not nice. I shouldn't have said that. Like, And again, I was saying it playful. Yes. And, you know, most people in my day waking, you know, growing up would have been, would have loved to have been called a skinny mini. Yes. Uh, you know, maybe as a boy too, that was like. I don't know, but I could see that it caused like a reaction in him. And I was like, oh, you're right. Like, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. You know, like you're perfect the way you are. But um, 
Yeah, I have to admit, I was like, oh, I was just trying to be playful. And he definitely took it in a way. Um, yeah, that's that's so interesting. So I, I really, I really like that perspective. Now, so I think that's really helpful for parents going on their own journey. But what would you say to a parent? What is your, I guess, number one advice? Or how does a parent begin to talk about food for their children Mm -hmm. without making it about their bodies. Because what I've heard from a lot of parents is like, and, you know, just being honest is that a lot of this is coming from um, like moms of girls who are, you know, maybe middle school age and they're starting to be aware of what their body looks like compared to their friends or making comments about their body and, now the moms are like, well, how do I encourage her to eat healthier without making it about her body and what she clearly told me was an insecurity? Yeah, of hers. definitely. That can be a really tricky situation. And oftentimes, not only is it hard to know what to say, but especially for our generation, it's usually layered by like some sort of trauma that it triggers for us because we were middle school girls once. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So the, the most common thing parents say in that situation is something like, no, you're beautiful. No, you look great the way that you are. The problem with that, even though it's kind and it's certainly not bad to tell your children, you think that they are beautiful If they are telling you they feel insecure about something and you are responding by talking about the way that they look, that just further enforces the fact that looks matter and that they should derive their value as how they look. I like didn't even think of that. (laughs) I know, right? It's so hard. (laughs) I know. It really is. But this is why we're doing this episode. Like, I think this is such great information and so helpful. So should you, do you usually suggest more of like a, I hear you, I understand what you're saying type response? I think the best things that we can do are approach kids with validation and with curiosity. So my first question, if someone said like, oh, I can't wear these jeans anymore. They like make me look fat would Mm -hmm be to say like, wow, I've never heard you say something like that. What makes you feel that way? Or, you know, ask questions about where that's coming from and then try to figure out like, did someone at school say something? Like, again, take the focus off of body and food and turn it more towards, is there a social problem going on? You know, is there interest in boys? And now we have to have that conversation. You're opening cans of worms all over the place. Yeah, of course. So what if a child actually using a comment about themselves like I'm fat Mm -hmm. or I'm fat compared to my friends. Right. So then if you are asking questions about the why and it kind of boils down to just like, no, I'm fat. I feel fat. What you want to do is validate how they feel. So instead of saying, not validating that they are fat, like, oh, yes, right. you are, sweetheart, oh, right. but validating how hard that is. So right. it can be a conversation around, like, that feels really hard. And then what I often encourage parents to do, because for most of us, there's no lack of examples, is share a moment when you were in middle school and you felt insecure, whether mm-hmm. it's about your body or about your grades or about your 
friendships, whatever. Say, you know, when I was in seventh grade, blah, blah, blah. And, and it's a way to like form a bond and let them know that they are heard, but they still don't leave the conversation going, well, she said I'm beautiful. So she must be lying, you know? Right. Right. That's so, ah, yeah. You don't really think about that. Like being able to connect on something other than, no, you're not fat or who cares what anybody else thinks about you. Cause I feel like that would probably come up, right? Like don't listen to that boy or that other kid. They're just being mean. Yes. But now they actually have feelings about it and like kind of bringing those feelings out. Yeah. So what if you're a parent? So I think that that's a great, great place to start. But what if you are a parent who is like, okay, my child is concerned about being, and I'm going to, I'm using the word fat yep. here, not because I would ever call a child's fat, but because this is the language that most kids are saying, right? They're not mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm. Um, if they are concerned about it. And I'm using quotes. Um, do you bring up the conversation of nutrition and diet? So it, yes, you absolutely can. Um, but again, especially when we're getting into middle school and high school territory, I would say it's best to let the kids drive the conversation. So you, mm-hmm. if they say, I'm so fat, I might say, well, you know, again, validate, like that feels really hard. It's hard to feel insecure. What do you think you want to do about that? Or is there anything that you've been thinking about changing? And most kids understand the relationship between how they look and feel and what they eat. Um, So that's probably where they'll go next. But the big thing, again, with parents is that I would be very careful about singling out any child in your family and having them make changes. So, you know, um, when I was working at the hospital for 10 years and I was uh, the dietitian for a pediatric weight management program, so many parents would come in and it's like, they would look at their child and say like, she won't eat any vegetables. You need to help like teach her how to like vegetables. And it was all the responsibility was falling to this 12 or 13 year old. When really what needs to change is the family system and the family habits. So that might mean that you and your daughter, you know, the one who's concerned about becoming fat, go to the grocery store together and you start making a salad that everyone at the table eats on the side with dinner every night right? Um, or finding them good help like a pediatric dietitian where they can talk through some of the like behaviors and habits that might've gotten them where they are in a safe space. Oh, I love that. Cause I don't think parents are thinking about that at all. Honestly, even when I was looking for someone to do this podcast and I'm like, who is the professional that I am seeking? Like, I wasn't sure. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, and it was actually a client in the medical field who was like, you want to speak to a pediatric dietitian. And I was like, got it. Okay. That's the title I'm looking for. So I think that's just even super helpful to know so that when people are talking to their pediatricians, um, which actually is probably another thing, like, Uh do you bring up, you know, if you're a parent who is concerned about your child's, um, you know, weight and health, maybe it is one child out of a few or a couple, 
Like, how do you address that? Like, say the child is not concerned, (laughs) has never been teased, it isn't coming up, it's not on the radar, but now you are at a point where you're like, ooh, I think I'm actually concerned for their health and the direction they're going in, maybe some of their eating habits. Um, Because I feel like we've all been at a place as parents where, like, you know, you let your kids eat whatever, and then all of a yep. sudden, you know, and then all of a sudden that might be catching up to certain children. And how do you start to, do you address it with your child or do you start to start, do you start on the back end making some overall like family changes in order to encourage? Great question. I would say, well, a few answers to those little nuggets. First with pediatricians, If your child has not expressed any concern to you, I would not bring it up at their physical exam with them in the room. And thank God for modern technology because that's a simple like patient portal message or phone call or email. Um, And it's something that you can, you know, either ask your pediatrician to bring up or to have a side conversation like, do we need to run some lab work and think about what that might look like. There are a lot of ways to do that without telling your child, you know, I'm worried about your weight, so I'm going to tell your doctor. That feels really awful, right? Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, if you do need to make changes, I would think about making family changes first. So, you know, we're going to start to have protein and fiber for every after-school snack regardless of you, if you're the quote unquote skinny or quote unquote fat kid, like we are having apples and peanut butter or carrots and hummus. That's what's available. Um, And then I would also take a look because if you have a child who seems to be creeping up on their growth chart where everyone else is not, there's something going on. There's a reason for that, whether it's medical or behavioral. And if it's behavioral, like your child is sneaking food or binging late at night. The problem, again, is not the nutrition quality of their food choices. They don't need education around like apples are good for you. What they need is some help for some emotional baggage that they're carrying. And that's where definitely therapists, but even a pediatric dietitian can be helpful because there's there's something underneath there that's happening. There's something underlying Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's so, that's really great to think about. And you know, what? I'll be honest, even until you just mentioned it, I'm like, I forget about the like patient portal thing, right? Like yeah. that's a very easy way to bring up some stuff that you might be concerned about that you just don't want to mention in front of your child. Um, so funny because in our household, I definitely use the word healthy, but I also typically talk about food in regards to giving us energy, Mm -hmm. helping us grow, um, helping us stay strong and active and like living long. And that's typically like the conversation in our house um, around food, right? Like we're eating this because it's going to give us energy. Mom's going to have this because I'm going to do a workout. Like, you know, we, I've never My husband and I do not talk about diets. We don't talk about weight loss, fat loss, anything like that. Um, Good. And which, right, I thought that was so great. I'm like, (laughs) great. I think this is a good way, like, to talk about food. But funny enough, my son, who is 10, like, now in school, I feel like even boys are super aware of their bodies. And he's had a friend 
say to him on a couple of occasions that he's really skinny. Mm. And then he started to, I heard him asking other friends, do you think I'm really skinny? And I'm like, oh, oh my mind was like blown. I'm like, where is this coming from? Where is this coming from? You know? So I tried to ask him about it. Like, are you worried about what other people think about your body? Like, you're fine. Your body, like, your body is nobody else's business, just like their body yeah. is not our business. And he's like, no, no, no. I don't wor- I'm not worried about it. I was just wondering because – so-and-so said I'm really skinny and I was just wondering if all my friends thought about that about me. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was so crazy to me. I'm like, I don't remember ever being worried about being skinny. I know. <laughs> I know. You know? Um, and he has mentioned a couple of times that like some of his friends are like thinking about trying to lose weight or going on a diet. And I, like my mind was blown because I'm like, I've never even used those words in front of him. And now he's yeah. in the and clearly even in elementary school they're already talking about stuff I know and they're aware of their bodies and it just like to me I was just like oh my god how is this happening and I was actually worried about am I talking about food the appropriate way in front of him for someone who is on the skinnier side leaner side and but has some friends who are not because I think he's clearly making a connection. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll just give you an example because I was like, I don't even know how to talk, like mention this. Um, He was eating breakfast one day and he clearly wasn't eating enough. He ate like half an apple and like half, like a quarter of an English muffin. And he was like, I'm done. I'm full. And I was like, there's no way you're full. (laughs) I'm like, you barely eat anything. And I try to say to him, like, you know, you're almost 11. You need to eat enough food. You're a growing boy. Like, that's definitely not enough food for you. And he said to me, I don't want to get fat. And I was like, what in the actual hell? That is really tough. It was so tough for Um, me to hear because I feel like. We have tried to have like healthy language in this house. We don't talk about bodies. I don't ever use that word in front of him. Um, So I like, my mind was blown. I was like, where is this coming from? You think you get fat from eating like a full English muffin? Like, you know, like uh, my mind was going in like all kinds of different directions. I'm like, are you worried about getting fat? Did someone say you're going to get fat? Like, right, right. And then he was kind of like, well, isn't that what happens? Like when people yeah. eat too much, they get fat. And I'm like, oh, my God. So then I'm yeah. like, well, not necessarily. Like sometimes it can be a disease. Sometimes it's the lifestyle sometimes. But I was so taken back. I can honestly say, Vanessa, that I was like, ah. That's one of those moments where you're like, why isn't there a manual for this? Yeah. yeah. And so – I was like, how do I address this now without saying things like, you're so skinny. <laughs> like, I know, I know. You know. Like eating an apple, a full apple and a full English muffin is not going to make you fat. But like also like trying not to bring attention to like any of his friends or their bodies and his body. And I was like, oh, my God, like, you know, yeah. bring it all back. I think that's it, that's such an interesting example because I love that it's like boy culture versus like the traditional girl culture thinking yeah. about it. And um, I think one, one thing I may have asked him if, if I was brilliant enough to remember it in the moment when I was shocked yeah. by what he said um, yeah. is 
what what would worry you about becoming fat? And to see, because again, you can usually separate it out. I don't know your son, but my guess is that his answer would be that like, it's about looks, right? And that's where you can figure out where you're like parenting philosophy and where you need to go next to help him to realize that like people who look different are still worthy of love and acceptance and all of that. Because my guess is that when he says, I'm worried I'm going to get fat, he's not worried about the risk for chronic diseases or developing diabetes or, you know, needing knee replacements later in life. Like that's not what he's thinking about. Right. Um, And it can be useful then sometimes Again, I, I probably wouldn't bring it up myself, but if he started to compare his body to his friends' bodies who may be gearing more towards overweight or obesity, you know, pointing out to him, like, he still loves his friends. There's there's nothing inherently wrong with his friends because their weight is on the other end of that spectrum. Right. Yeah, that's really helpful. Thank you for that. So one other thing I'm hoping that you'll uh, address, probably... Yeah, I had mentioned to a few people that I was going to be doing this interview, and you'd be surprised. People were actually like, can you ask her? (laughs) I got one. (laughs) I got a question for you. Can you ask her this? And something that came up and I thought that was really interesting and maybe that you can um, address and just give us some pointers on is what if the family dynamics are different? So what if the eating habits between parents are different? How do you, I guess, communicate that with children or how do you, um, for example, if your spouse eats what you consider to be unhealthy or Mm -hmm. a way you would prefer your children don't pick up as habits, like how do you kind of talk about the differences around your children or even with your spouse about the different styles of eating habits and relationships with food. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you can do is definitely all spouses should have a conversation with their partner about, you know, we put so much thought into like, what do we want our kids to know about violence? What do we want them to know about relationships? Like you, you co-parent around a lot of issues and you think about how you're going to raise your children intentionally. And with food, we don't do that. It's such a missed opportunity. So I think it's important to know that everyone's going to have to compromise a little bit and everyone's going to have to shift their way of thinking to make it work for your family. Now, if that means that, you know, you have, let's say, a husband, because that's traditionally who it would be, who like loves eating red meat and never eats a vegetable. There is a way to serve healthy portions of red meat, like appropriate portions, and then ask your partner, you know, we want our kids to eat fruits and vegetables. Like you're going to have to eat vegetables with us. Um And then also, I think it's important to be really open and honest with kids because it's important for them to know that you are human too. So if it's something like, I, you know, I really don't like Brussels sprouts, but we're all eating them tonight. Like, listen, like, it's not always easy for me. Sometimes I get anxious about this stuff too, or sometimes I just want to eat ice cream, but I feel better when I try these new foods or when I include this in my diet and I have the steak on the side or whatever it may be. Right. 
Right. That's so helpful. Um, any big tips or what would be your number one thing or your number one piece of advice for a parent who is either or, right, struggling with their own weight or struggling with uh, their children's habits? Do you have like a number one piece of advice that you would just say, like, start here? I think the biggest thing with both of those situations is that you really want to practice what you preach and be open and honest with your kids. So if you're making a big change, you really want to make sure that you're explaining what is happening, what changes they might see you making, and why. But again, talking about that value-driven why, not the weight and vanity-driven why. Right, right. Um, I also think the practice what you preach is really important. And it Oftentimes we become hypocrites when we are parenting around food. For example, we might tell kids like, oh, like all you'll eat is processed crap. Like you're only eating granola bars all day long. And like, no, you can't have a chocolate milkshake. And we're at a restaurant and you can't have juice. Juice is bad. But that same mom had a protein shake for breakfast, had a protein bar after a workout, and orders a glass of wine at a restaurant. And what does that look like to our kids? The language we use, a shake, a bar, juice, like we, kids don't understand why it's okay for us to eat those things or what the difference is between a protein bar and like a Quaker chewy bar, you know? Right, right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Funny. So my husband and I did have a talk about how we want uh, to raise our kids nutritionally, like kind of some of the habit, habits we want to set in stone from the very beginning. And we agreed. Um, and it's funny because over the pandemic, mm-hmm. home, doing nothing and yes. just home, all of a sudden I started to notice, and I always appreciate that my husband doesn't mind going grocery shopping for us, but all of a sudden we started, the pantry started filling <laughs> with yes. this array of like, junkish food that we never had in our house before. You know, Mm -hmm. we would buy like a bag of chips to have with like burgers or things like that, but we never just like had cookies and chips and things like that. And then all of a sudden he started buying it. And then all of a sudden, like that was all our kids wanted to eat for snacks. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I started to notice that like the cereals were all sugary cereals. And I had like, I had to at one time just kind of hit the pause button and be like, whoa, dude. Like, yeah. what's going on? We are really steering, like we have steered away from what we originally said. Like we agreed that this is what we wanted to do and we were doing it. And like suddenly over the last couple of years, like things have changed. And for me personally, it was bothering me, um, not just from the partner perspective, but from the mom perspective, because mm-hmm. my kids were looking at me like the one who was making them eat healthy stuff. Yes. And my husband was the fun dad who was buying Lucky Charms and, you know, all all the good snacks and cookies. So I was like, and I, I, I don't think it was until I really started to notice that disparity that I was like, Time out. (laughs) This is not fun. (laughs) This is not fun for me. Like I'm really noticing a change in their attitudes towards me. Like if I went grocery shopping, it was like, oh, of course Mm -hmm. there's no lucky charms in there. Mom was the one who went grocery shopping, right? If I was the one who took them to the kids' sports, 
we were coming home to have dinner versus my husband was taking them to get fast food after their activities. And so I started to notice a change in my kids' attitude. So, and it happened over just this summer, even though the pandemic was like, like the big part of it, when it started to change was a couple of years ago. Um, It wasn't until there was an activity this summer that my husband usually takes the kids to, but I took them to, and my little guy said, can we get Burger King now? now? We're going home to have food. Like we have food at home. And my oldest looked at him and goes, why did you even ask that? You know, mom's not going to get us Burger King. And I was like, I know. And that's when I went home and literally I was like, time out. We need to, we need to like have a huddle again. (laughs) We need to talk about this again. I'm like, because this happened and that does not make me feel good that now I'm being labeled as like the healthy mom who's like making them have this food and won't allow them to have. I'm like, you know, that's not the way we've been raising our kids and it's starting to shift. And I really feel like we need to get back on the same page. Yes. Um, I'm not saying you can't buy some treats. I get it. But at the same time, like it's making me look bad and it's making me feel bad. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think what's so smart about the way that you approach that is instead of putting that energy on your kids and saying like, why do you even like Burger King? It's not even real food. That's crap. Like you shouldn't like Lucky Charms. They're bad for you. And expecting children to be somehow like intrinsically motivated to eat broccoli every night, that it's just not going to happen. Like it's not. So what you did was you went back to your husband and had a private conversation about like, you know, we all have to define what is meant by this happy medium. Like how often is Burger King okay to get? Maybe it's once a month on the way home from this activity or whatever. Right. Um, But that is a conversation about parenting not a conversation for teaching your children what they should or should not want to eat. Part right. of parenting yeah. is still deciding what foods are offered for your children. Yeah. And we did have that conversation with like my husband and I like, all right, I'm not saying never, but, yeah. you know, and then what I did say to my kids that day, because it like really upset me the when I heard my oldest kind of like, why are you even asking her? You know, like <laughs> kind of like under his breath, I was like, Oh, man. And so I made a comment. I said, listen, guys, you know, that's great for when we're in a hurry or, you know, we don't have a lot of fresh groceries at home, but we just went grocery shopping the other day and we have plenty of stuff to eat at home. So why would mom spend money on Burger King? Um, And maybe I shouldn't even have brought up the financial part, but I kind of did just to be like, we just spent money on groceries. Why would I spend money on this? Um, and they were kind of like both like, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. But I'm sure deep down inside they were like, well, dad, what about it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like well, can we get dad here? No, yeah. but I think it's smart. You know, you shifted away from the nutrition quality of the food and made it right. about convenience and finance, which it's called convenience food for a reason. And if you don't need the convenience in that setting, then forget it. Yeah. Vanessa, thank you so much for being here with me today. Yeah. Can you please tell us a little bit about some of the things that you offer? Um, with your South End Family Nutrition Company? Yes. So um, I have this private practice, and recently I've been starting to do um, in-home visits, if that's something that's helpful. If you want me to sit with your family or sit with a child who's been a picky eater, problem feeder, um, and Mm -hmm. just kind of observe and then 
talk with you about it after that experience. Um, I also do monthly subscriptions, which is kind of a, a fun way. People have been really enjoying working that way rather than the traditional like initial visit and then frequent follow-ups. Um, so with the monthly subscription, we get uh, an initial visit and then 20-minute check-ins every week. And you also have unlimited text to email me or text or unlimited access to text or email me. Um, so people will send me like a picture of their meal and say like, oh my God, this is what my kid didn't eat tonight. Is this okay? I'm sending him to bed hungry. So it's a lot of anxiety mm. reducing and helping you kind of like troubleshoot in those moments or like my daughter just called herself fat. What do I say again? So it's yeah, kind of that right. more, you know, instant feedback, which people have been really liking. Um, and then I also have a program called Pave the Way, which is an eight-week program, and it's hybrid. So it's some one-on-one um, coaching sessions with me and then group virtual sessions um, to really focus on kind of what I consider to be the three aspects of raising a healthy eater. First, talking about what actually matters about the food that we eat. Does organic matter? What is a serving of vegetables? You know, answering all those like technical questions that come up. Second is how to set a good food environment. So what do we say at the dinner table? What does the mealtime actually look like? How do I set up our home and the experience for my child so that it's supportive and fun to eat? Um, And then third is what we've been talking about here, which is the parenting philosophy part of it. What are your thoughts about food? What are your hangups around food? Are you dieting? Did you diet in the past? Like, where did you come from? How did you get to where you are? And how is that going to affect your children? So really working to heal any hangups that you have and learn how to work through some of those issues as you parent and they start to come mm-hmm. up again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that's, that's all really great. It's funny. You're saying like, what are some of the hangups you had as a kid? And I think about one for me that I grew up in a household where you eat everything right on your plate. Mm-hmm. Like it's on your plate. Yes. You eat it. You're starving children in other countries. Like yes. everything on your plate. So I was determined to not do that with my children and kind of let them tell me, you know, like I'm full, I'm, I'm good. And you know, unless they're truly eating just like half an apple, then I'm like, you're not full. Like, <laughs> you're like, <"Nah." laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So I've allowed them to do that and not like push them to clean their plate. But then because of these comments with my son, I've recently second guessed whether that was a good Mm -hmm. approach because I'm like, oh, my God, is he not eating enough? Like, you know what I mean? Now is he just telling me he's full and he's good? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's it is messy and it is complicated. Yeah. At the root of it. I truly believe at least all the parents I've ever worked with have the best intentions. Like we all just want to get it right. And there's just so much information out there with social media. And there's a lot of pressure on parents to do it a certain way. And if you don't talk about it this way, then you've completely done a bad job and your kids are screwed. Right. Yeah. That's not true. Um, It's, it's really just about, Like when you have those moments where you're like, oh, that didn't feel right. Or I don't know why, but I just feel icky about that conversation I just had. Exploring that more and then figuring Mm -hmm. out how you can implement changes in a healthy, positive way. Yeah. And And that's where I can help. (laughs) Before before we get off, you just said something and it made me think like, oh, I got to ask that too. Um, Are there 
warning signs or anything that parents should be like little like light bulb above the head that maybe we wouldn't just normally pick up on if especially we didn't have like any um, poor relationships with food ourselves? Like what are some of the things we should be looking for in our children to like see if they are starting to develop, you know, some sort of body dysmorphia mm-hmm. or insecurities about food? Really good question. I think any sudden changes to what they choose to eat, how much they choose to eat, or even who they choose to eat with, or like the Mm -hmm. setting, like who, where, what, why, basically any sudden shifts there would raise a little red flag in my brain. Um, And also any big changes to either the style of clothes they wear or, um, you know, what kind of clothes they want to be wearing would be another little red flag. If you have a young girl who always loved wearing two pieces at the pool and suddenly she wants to go get a Speedo, like one piece, that's right. again, fine. But it would just, I wouldn't say like, oh my God, we need to sit down and have a talk about this. You want right. to wear one piece. Right. Um, but it would just be one of these little like, okay, that's good information to collect and kind of store in that little section of my brain to say, If that is happening and suddenly I'm offering her a lemonade and she won't drink it, okay, I'm going to start to think about that a little bit more. Right. Right. Got Okay. So changes in food, what, the who, the what, the where, the when, and changes in appearance, like clothes, how they're putting themselves out there, what they're comfortable wearing suddenly. Definitely. That's really, that's really helpful information. Um, Okay, now I'm going to wrap it up for sure. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to learn more about Vanessa from Vanessa, all of her links are going to be in the show notes. Make sure to scroll down. You're going to see her Instagram handle, how you can get in touch with her, her website, and anything that she's currently offering that I would absolutely, if you are a parent of any age, reach out to Vanessa, learn a little bit more from her. I know I learned a lot just from this little tiny bit of conversation. Um, and I'm going to like store these things in my little bucket so that these little nuggets there so that when they do come up, awesome. I can feel, you know, just a little bit more secure about the way I'm addressing it. Um, you know, I have boys, but that doesn't mean it's not coming up. Right. right so, exactly. Yeah. So again, Vanessa, thank you so much. Thank you, Nina. All right. Chat soon. Bye. Bye. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of making fit work. If you did, it would mean so much to me if you took a minute to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference and would be super helpful to me. Also, if you have any topic suggestions, if there's something in particular you'd love for me to address on this podcast, feel free to shoot me a message. I would absolutely love to hear from you. You can shoot me a DM on Facebook or Instagram and find me at fitwith underscore Nina. Again, you can find me at fitwith underscore Nina. Or you can join my private community on Facebook called Making Fit Work and drop your topic suggestions in there. Until next time, my friends, be strong, be healthy, be happy.